Hi friends! Welcome to Reside Podcast. Here we celebrate stories of individuals creating community in their own unique spaces. I'm Brooke, your host. Cultivating community is something I am so passionate about, which is why I created this podcast as a platform to celebrate how others are building a better community around them. Life isn't meant to be lived alone, and I hope you leave each episode feeling encouraged to make your own space a better place for everyone, and ultimately know you aren't alone in your journey. We are here, guys, the last and final week of the summer mini-series on conscious consumerism. Over the past few weeks, we've taken a step back and thought about the impact that our consumption choices have had on each other and on the planet. I mean, that's our community, right? On the first episode of the series, journalist Rachel Monroe led us fearlessly through the macro impacts of the rapidly changing fashion industry. And last episode, Christina Maitas gave us practical tips on how to live in harmony with our stuff. So it's our final week of the Conscious Consumerism mini-series, and we're talking about food. And no better person to lead us through this conversation than Jody Mitchell at Perfectly Imperfect Produce. So why should we care about food consumption? As Americans, 40% of the food we produce is thrown away. And that's astounding to me, guys. Not only does this have lasting impacts on the environment, but it's food that could be going in other people's mouths. Mouths of people that live in food deserts and lack the resources to readily available healthy food. This isn't an insignificant problem either when 41 million Americans are food insecure. So when I first discovered Perfectly Imperfect Produce, I was in disbelief of their work. Not only do they work to reduce food waste by salvaging the undesirable food that doesn't make it into our supermarkets and selling it to local consumers, but they also partner with local businesses and food pantries alike to ensure healthy food access is improved for everyone in their community. Since their inception, they've rescued over 1 million pounds of food from being thrown out and fed over 100,000 people in need. And this is all just in Ohio. I learned so much about my role in the food industry as a consumer through my conversation with Jody, and I know that you guys will too. So let's jump into it. All right, Jody, welcome to the Reside Podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. It's great to be with you, Brooke. You are the Director of Customer Service and Community Relations at Perfectly Imperfect Produce. You guys are doing incredible work, and so I'm really excited for our conversation today. Can you just start off by telling uh, the listeners who you are and how you got involved with uh, this mission at Perfectly Imperfect Produce? Absolutely. So um, as you said, I work in community relations for the company and we're a small business. We started five years ago out of Cleveland, Ohio. And Ashley Weingart, who's the founder, her family had a wholesale produce business in Cleveland Mm -hmm. and our produce terminals right downtown Cleveland, right in the middle of a food desert. And so she was helping them out and she saw all the food that was being wasted from the wholesalers that was not sold or from the grocery stores and other Mm -hmm. consumers. And she's like, well, why is that? And why is all this food going to waste? We're in the middle of a food desert. Um, There are plenty of mouths to feed, plenty of people wanting good produce, yet all of this is going by the wayside. 
And so she started what we call rescuing it. She actually went to the wholesalers and purchased it. It's grade B produce. So it may have already started to ripen or it's stuff that they cannot sell either because it's misshapen or the colors aren't the right color mix, such Mm -hmm. as a green pepper. A grocery store is going to buy, they want green peppers. If the pepper is multiple colors, green, red, yellow, then that doesn't fit for that line of produce. And so- we would gladly take the beautiful rainbow colored produce. We actually have had <laughs> carrots, all different colors locally. Um, and we love that when you're slicing, dicing, prepping produce mm. items, it doesn't matter what the outside of mm. the shape is or what the color is. It's perfectly nutritious on the inside. And so um, she started purchasing that. And then we started out with about 20 to 25 friends and family who bought subscription boxes. And she did that from the family wholesale business. And mm. then we started growing. And at the same time of growing this business, and I, it's a business, but it's more of a social enterprise because yeah. we're all about reducing food waste in our community and also giving back to the community. So every week we donate back to food pantries. But with that social mission, she grew the company and um, her family wholesale business actually closed its doors after 120 years. And so this is the legacy of that, um, ironically. And so we partner, we work out of a facility that is a produce facility. So we have the cold storage and um, the manpower to help us with the business. Um, We purchase the produce. And I think that's important. Some people think we're just going around rescuing donated produce, but Mm -hmm. we actually purchase it because we're about creating um, local economy. And so we purchase it from wholesalers as well as local farms. And that's really important because local farms often don't have markets or the resources to sell And so they leave some produce even in the fields and waiting to harvest if they don't know they have it sold or have a buyer for it. So we have worked with several local farms to ensure that they can continue to grow um, and harvest their produce. And then we purchase that and that also gets put into our weekly boxes. And so we're very driven by our mission, not only to reduce food waste, but also to promote healthy food access in the community. We started in Cleveland, but we have expanded throughout Ohio now. Um, we were, we hate to say that we were blessed by COVID, but we were mm-hmm. honored to serve families who were looking, who couldn't go grocery shopping and looking for an option to get fresh produce. And so during COVID, we did quadruple our business and, and that was a blessing, but we also blessed so many people by getting healthy, nutritious food delivered to their door. And so we're very grateful and honored to serve that. And then we also contribute, as I mentioned earlier, we mm-hmm. contribute back to our food pantries. And so we mm-hmm. partner with the Hunger Network that actually comes and gets our donated produce every week and it goes to their food pantries. And so that helps us fulfill our mission as well. Wow. This is the epitome of an organization who is doing so much for their community. I love that you guys took a very specific need and and thought about 
all of the different ways that people can kind of come around in this mission. So you have the buyers, you have the grocery stores, you have the farmers, everyone in on this supply chain. And I think that's pretty incredible. I love that you guys are local too and focusing on the local food deserts, working with local grocers. Can you tell me a little bit more about maybe some of the benefits that you've seen really by partnering and staying local? So I think it's important to stay local. Our customers like the fact that we're supporting the community. And so there are other organizations that similar businesses that rescue produce and sell produce. But what makes us unique is that community connection. And Mm -hmm. Many of our customers purchase from us because it is rescue produce. It's not always, it's random. They don't get to pick and choose what they get in their boxes. So they purchase from us because of that social mission. They want to reduce food waste. They want to promote community sustainability and they Mm -hmm. want healthy food access. So I think it's just like a three-legged stool that works for a lot of people. Um, And it really helps drive community success. And we're partners in several community organizations that are working to address food insecurity. Um, Mm. There's a research project here locally with Case Western Reserve University looking at food insecurity and just the whole food systems and what can be done. We partner with communities in Youngstown who are working at building community stores in the neighborhoods Mm. that don't have access. And they're partnering with us to procure their produce because they can't buy it in small quantities from other wholesale agreements. So um, I really love that we can partner. I think we're all stronger through these partnerships. And another partnership we have that is growing is working with the employer community. So many employers have wellness programs um, within to try to build a healthy workforce. And we have reached out to employers saying, hey, we're here locally. You're trying to promote healthy eating and healthy behaviors. If you have our boxes delivered to the worksite, we can give your employees a discounted price and a coupon that they can use to get their boxes. Mm. So um, we try to be flexible and nimble to partner with community-based organizations, with employers, uh, with health systems. We are partnering with several local health systems that have the food as medicine clinics where they're trying to address food insecurity from a health standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so we're helping to supply produce to their clinics on site. I love that we're in many different areas um, supporting the community and supporting families. Yeah, it's it's such a unique space that you guys are in. When I think about food insecurity and and organizations that are wrapping around that issue, right? You you think of the food pantries, food banks, and then as an individual consumer, my immediate thought is really the only way I can support that is by donating to a food bank or going and volunteering or whatever. It's neat how you've taken that consumer purchasing power and used it to actually support that. I think on the consumer end too, like, man, I just, I take for granted being able to go to the grocery store and pick out the things that I want. I don't even think twice about the fact that all of the tomatoes look perfect and what has happened to all the ones that don't look perfect or look a little weird as well. So I think what you guys have done, the space that you've created is, is so unique and there's two different 
two different big like things that we're thinking about when mm-hmm. um, you're describing this to me. You have the food waste component, but then you have, you know, helping solve um, food insecurity as well. So kind of that beginning to end spectrum, even in your mention or your mission, you guys talk about that you want to evolve the food system to ensure that everyone, no matter their economic situation has access to healthy food. Um, And then it's driven by reshaping the way people think about food. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you guys mean by like reshaping the way people think about food? Sure. So we call it um, rethinking perfect because Mm. everybody wants that perfect shape or perfect color. By introducing them and having a conversation about the aspect of food waste and what an impact that food waste has on our environment, Hmm. then they start being a little bit more mindful about it. And so we're said, okay, so don't throw away something that might have a blemish, cut the blemish out and use the rest of that item. Hmm. I mean, food waste happens from the beginning at the farms to the end. It happens across the board. We also have a food rescue partner with the hunger network where they're sending out volunteers to pick up from grocery stores, restaurants, and whatnot, any food that there's left over that they can be used at the pantries. And so mm-hmm. it's partly of that community's solution of mm-hmm. coming together to find ways to do it. And it takes a village to support the community. We're one part of it, but we're mm-hmm. not the only part of the solution. And so once we start talking about rethinking perfect and even in our cooking demos about showing them how to use different produce that they may not have used before, our boxes are random. So from time to time, you might get a turnip or a parsnip and you might have never tried that. One of the medical residents I was working with, she talked about getting radishes, a bag of radishes. She goes, I don't particularly like radishes. Mm -hmm. So I look to find what can I do with this bag because If I'm buying your box, I'm not going to just throw something away. And so she found the recipe for roasting radishes. And now she loves it because if you roast a radish, it's not as strong and pungent as it is if it's raw. And it's Mm -hmm. more like a potato when you roast it. Mm -hmm. And so now she roasts her radishes just and it's a substitute for the starchy potato. So that I love. I love when people are creative, willing to try new things. And they love foodies love our boxes because of that random nature of what am I going to make? And every week we send out a recipe that goes with a couple of items that are in the box. And all of those recipes are cataloged online. Anyone can access those recipes Mm -hmm. at uglyfoodmakeover.com. So feel free to check out those recipes. I don't currently have a produce subscription per se, but I am so bad about buying something in a bunch that I need like just a little bit of something for maybe in a recipe. Radishes made me think of that when you said that I bought Mm -hmm. a whole bag of radishes last week that I needed three radishes for. And then now I have the whole rest of the bag of radishes sitting in the fridge and I don't like to eat them just, you know. So um, roast them. Uh, so roast them. I'm going to roast them. I love that <laughs> idea. I think that's fantastic. And 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 the fact that you guys have the accessibility 
for the the recipes and all of that that comes along with it is really just setting people up for success in that too. I think that's pretty incredible. One of our social missions we always tell folks is that we rescue for every box we sell, for every subscription box we send out, we donate a pound of produce back to the mm-hmm. um, food pantries. Yeah. And I'll say that The food pantries are often served by the food banks and we see the food bank as a partner, Mm -hmm. but they often don't have the fresh produce to go around. So we supplement what other pantries might already be getting from the food bank. We're not in competition with the food bank. Mm -hmm. We support them. They're a partner. We provide additional fresh produce that may not reach Mm -hmm. a lot of the pantries. And so we've already rescued 2 million pounds of produce and we've given 200,000 pounds back to the food pantries. That's absolutely incredible. And having people at the consumer level play a role in that too is amazing. You touched on the fact earlier that there's just this, and you can be the one to kind of describe this, but there's such a just like overabundance of food and there's so much food waste that goes into that or that comes out of that at all levels, right? Farmer to end user and consumer. So I'm wondering if you can maybe talk a little bit more about what's the impact of having so much food waste as we're kind of thinking about this in terms of community? Well, 40% of all of our food in the United States goes to the landfill. When you think of the resources it takes to grow and harvest the food, the energy, the water, I mean, that's a huge impact. And I noticed because I came from a farming family, so I feel like I took this job getting back to the roots. And my farming background, my family has an an apple orchard, a fifth generation apple orchard. And I see how much work goes into growing that crop and then having it wasted and just having it thrown out or the apples drop to the ground. And so when you think of all of that food that goes in the landfill, that food is the food entering the landfills is the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases. And so that's where the emissions and the environmental sustainability come in. Mm -hmm. And that affects all of us from Mm -hmm. a community standpoint. So you look at the food waste, you look at the environmental waste, and then all of this having financial and economic waste. So I think that's important to talk about because many people, when they think of food waste, they just think of the scraps that we throw off into the garbage or the restaurant where you get a plate full that's too large and it gets thrown out. So Mm -hmm. there's more to the food waste. I've seen a statistic that says that a family of four wastes about $1,500 a year from the food that is wasted. So that's another economic of just us wasting food, whether we buy too much food, food does perish. So we buy it thinking we're going to use it and it doesn't get used. And maybe how we can recycle that food, as I mentioned earlier, with composting and other sources. The other consumer concern, too, is labeling. There's a lot of confusion about labeling. And I was on a United Nations call this morning regarding food waste and all the different policy solutions that they're trying to implement um, and companies trying to look at labeling because we see a best by date. We see a used by date. Used by, they're starting to say, you know, fresh until or best by because you have to, as a consumer, you sort of have to, some things may not be 
fresh, but they're still mm-hmm. usable. And you right. don't just throw away based on that date. You guys talk about, you know, purposeful eating and and that sort of thing. What do you feel like are the big like takeaways for people to think about in terms of eliminating food waste, you know, in their own life and at a micro level? Well, I think, you know, watching how we buy and how we prep things. Um, so mm-hmm. really being a little bit more intentional about mm-hmm. what we're purchasing and planning the meals out better. I mean, sometimes it just involves planning. And we are in a society where we don't have a lot of time to plan. We are, mm-hmm. we need to grab and go and be healthy. I think we, we need to be more mindful in our purchasing. Mm-hmm. And then we need to be mindful at home of what we do with our produce. If we have something to use, use it or mm-hmm. freeze it. There's other ways that you can use it. You could freeze it. You could uh, pickle it. There's a d- different options for prepping yeah. what you have instead of, throwing it into the wastebasket. So I think it's just more mindfulness when it comes to that. We take food for granted, Mm -hmm. but when we start talking about food waste and the effects on the environment, Mm -hmm. then I think it makes us think twice about that. And I know that customers have said that with our boxes of, "Ah, I didn't want to waste the food because Mm -hmm. I knew I was already partnering to reduce food waste. Yeah. Um, And if you can't use something in the box, like I often get my small box and I share it with my neighbors because Mm -hmm. it's too much for my family to use, but I know my neighbors could use it. Mm -hmm. So um, it brings that sense of community around food as well. You know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking back to, I feel like it wasn't always this way. And even thinking about how like my parents and my grandparents and um, them telling me stories about how they're, you know, how they were raised with like my grandparents grew up on a farm and they ate what they had and they shared their produce with their neighbors, like you just said. And, and we've really moved away from that as a society. I feel like, especially with, like you said, the on the go, I'm just going to like go through the drive through and grab something and I don't eat it all. It's okay. And I don't know, do you have any thoughts around why, why it's changed into the way it is right now? Well, I think it's less of an agricultural society mm-hmm. than now. It's a lot of big farms, and the small farmers have aren't have trouble making yeah. ends meet. And so that's why we always support the farmers markets as well. Mm-hmm. Like we have customers, and they can cancel and put their subscriptions on hold at any time. Yeah. Yeah. But during the summer months, we tend to drop down because that's our growing season and people can buy locally. And we mm-hmm. encourage that. We always want people to buy local when they can. And local, you know, from your own ground is healthier. So we encourage that. But I think that we've also just become a society that it's a lot of the big box opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just an economic challenge that we have. But I love when we can go to the Amish farms that we work with and really purchase and bring their Mm. goods to our boxes. I just love seeing how we can help the local farms. Mm. You know, someone said something to me the other day that it hasn't always been this way, but it doesn't always have to be this way either. And we have the power to, to change the way things are even. And so that really resonated with me. And especially as we're thinking about what you guys are doing at Perfectly Imperfect Produce, 
you're kind of redefining what purposeful eating looks like and how you can partner as a consumer to help uh, give everyone sustainable and healthy foods. What role do you see perfectly imperfect produce playing in cultivating a better community for obviously your local community in, in Ohio, but I'm even thinking about as people are listening to this and thinking like you're kind of paving the way in a in a sense for for some of this to to happen. So what are your thoughts? So, I mean, we've tried to address community in different ways, um, mm-hmm. not only by local consumers and families, but also with employers, with community stores and corner stores. I think it's hard it, if you've if you're in a agricultural area, it may be you have access maybe to grown foods Mm. that in the urban areas, they do not. And the community stores, the local corner stores have just snack items. They have very little fresh produce items. And so we're trying to increase access and we do allow stores to bulk procure straight from us. We try to partner, like I said, with community-based organizations, research projects and other organizations looking to Mm. do good in similar ways. Um, whether it be the composting or the healthcare systems, we're always looking to find ways to support and create healthier communities. Food is such a big part of a healthy community. And when you look at the workforce, you have to keep the workers healthy in order mm-hmm. to be productive on site or at the work. And so we've offered break room boxes to employers, which is just apples, oranges, bananas. And Mm -hmm. it's meant to replace the vending machine that has the chips and candy. We say here, buy a box and offer fresh fruit. And that's employees want that. They want healthy options. Um, Schools want healthy options. So I'm thinking of the fabric of the community. And I feel like we can touch that fabric in so many ways through food. I I'm amazed at what you guys are doing, and I am excited to see how you guys continue to grow. It seems like yes. you said it earlier, y'all of y'all are flexible in seeing a need and finding a way to address it, and that really epitomizes community in my eyes. It's about healthy food access and rethinking perfect, and just mm-hmm. like you said earlier, just being mindful about the choices that we're making. Jody. Thank you so much for sharing your space with us today. And yeah, just the mission of Perfectly Imperfect Produce is absolutely incredible. And um, I'm excited to watch it grow. Thanks so much for, for being on the Reside Podcast. Thanks so much. So no lie, immediately following my interview with Jody, I walked downstairs and told my husband I wanted to start a social enterprise in Houston that models perfectly imperfect produce. Hearing what they're doing in their community left me so incredibly jazzed and full of energy. Y'all, it's evident that every single city would benefit from having an organization like this in their city that addresses both food waste and works to get healthy foods into the hands of people who desperately need it. I encourage everyone to check out Perfectly Imperfect Produce. You can connect with them on Instagram or on their website at perfectlyimperfectproduce.com. Try saying that three times fast. And if you're in the Ohio area, partner with them in their work by ordering a subscription box. As I continue to think about this idea of what it means to be a conscious consumer, it all keeps coming back to individual choice. This is something that, while it can be a daunting task to change the trajectory of, starts with us as consumers. 
And this issue of food in particular is one where we can easily look at it and say, this is too big for me to solve. But if anything, I hope you take away from this summer mini-series that consumer choices matter and have lasting impact. Y'all, this was such a fun mini-series. Thanks for your participation and all the love that you've shown to our guests over the past few weeks. I hope you walked away with more knowledge about how you can support your community as a consumer. If you haven't already, be sure to rate the show on Apple Podcasts. This helps promote the podcast and ultimately helps others find the show. The podcast has a new episode every other Wednesday. Follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss a show. And the next one is releasing two Wednesdays from now, August 25th. Until then, guys, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. I'll see you in two weeks. Cheers.